freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Roy, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Baseball is such an emotional sport to watch. It really is. I mean, all sports are in their own way, right? I mean, football, certainly, it's it's all about that passion and that, you know, there's like an anger to it, right? And, and It's the, called rage. R-A-G-E, rage. You get into your horse stance, <laughs> right? And yes. Brock watches and, you know, that's sort of how it goes. But baseball's emotional in its own way to watch. It's funny because it's generally played best by those who are able to control their emotions at the right times. And what we're seeing in baseball over the last few years is an increase and an improvement, quite frankly, in the amount of emotion showed. Generally, that's the positive explosion of emotions in the right moments. But if you can't control your emotions, it's pretty hard to play this game at the highest level. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Jared Kelnick obviously has been finding that out here over the course of the last few years. And I, I, I think, you know, that's sort of a side note, but. It's an emotional game to watch. There's no doubt about it, partially because of the failure and the frustration and everything else. And then when the pot keeps getting bigger and the stakes (laughs) get a little higher and you put yourself in a position that you haven't been in in a long time. Oh, Mora was right last night in that work email. This level of stress for the final 29 years (laughs) for those of us that have no control of anything that goes on on the field whatsoever, <laughs> but just are along for the ride, it's going to be something. Well, I, I, with all of that said, and I know there's so much emotion involved in watching, you know there's a lot of people, old school Mariner fans that have my number and get in touch with me probably more than I would like. Uh-huh. Uh, even with all of that and everything we've experienced this year, I was still legitimately shocked yesterday with the interaction that I had. <laughs> and it was the third inning. Third inning. It was the top of the third inning yesterday. The Mariners were down 3 nothing. They had given up the home run and then it's another over. couple runs. Uh, it's over. And I it was, was over. told by one of these Mariner fans. This is a true story. I swear to you it's true. That the Mariners had already lost and that it was a disgusting series loss to the A's. That is a disgusting series loss to the worst team in baseball. That was literally what was said to me in the third inning yesterday. Can you be be honest? Did this wake you from a slumber where you didn't know where you were, drool out of your mouth, (laughs) thinking maybe I missed something? Maybe maybe the game's over? I looked at my phone. I was like, it's only the third inning. (laughs) What? Uh, What are we talking about? A disgusting series loss to the A's in the third inning. And yes, there was a part of me that felt like this person didn't even understand the game. But the other part of it was that I felt like this person had not watched this baseball team, nor had they watched the A's. Mm. Like, guys, we got to take a collective deep breath if we're going to get through the next month together. Seriously, there's going to be ups and downs. There are going to be innings and moments that don't look the way they want you, the way you don't want them to. And it's okay to react. It really is. I react. I'm not happy when Bryce Miller gives up a home run early. I'm not above a, a nasty word or two. Cecily will tell you that watching the game with me, there's a lot of mm-hmm. expressive emotion, cursing and excitement. Heck, just watching the Mets and Rangers yesterday was a roller coaster. 
But I, I try not to assume that every bad moment means the team is lost, especially in the third inning, or that every good moment means that you've won. This game is unique. It is played over at least nine innings with no clock other than the pitch clock. It's played over 162 games, not one, two, or three, or 10, or even 60. And if this year and last year don't make that obvious enough, I don't know Mm -hmm. what else does. This team is not going to be pretty every minute of every day. And guess what? As bad as the A's are and the Mets are and some of the other teams you'll see, they're still going to get hits and score runs. And sometimes those runs are going to come before you've scored runs, Mm -hmm. maybe even late in the game. Mm. But this team's ability to come back, ability to be resilient, all of those things, they're not done yet. I loved this from Scott yesterday. I've been ma- I've been made fun of now because I've played that Julio sound for everybody. Uh-huh. But let me play you this Scott service cut because I liked this yesterday from Scott, and I think it's very telling. The one thing I've said about our team really the last couple of years is we don't quit. We don't quit playing. We keep fighting. We keep grinding. Even last night's game, we didn't have nothing going on. And you look up at second, third, and Gino's at the plate. You think, okay, we can pull this out. And it's really a testament to our players. Uh, they have never and they just they're not wired that way. They don't give up. And it's led by, of course, our, our shortstop. Uh, you know, JP is he's in the middle of it all the time. And you know, it's been fun to, to see how this thing, is, whole thing, has come about. But you know, there's nothing like the electricity that Julio Rodriguez has brought. He goes on from there, but yeah. you kind of get my point. Like that, that was after a loss. They did lose that game. They mm-hmm. looked sort of dead mm-hmm. against Oakland in the second game. And Julio was out. France came out the whole weird night. They still put two runners on second and third at the end of the game. And Gino Suarez, if he comes up with a hit, they tie the game. They probably win. Yep. I know they didn't win, and that's frustrating. But it is still indicative of this team and what they do. And just, you know, I don't I, know, you know why they're pretty I, lovable, man. I, I hadn't thought about this, honestly. I should have. I've got other stuff going on in my mind. Right. I, should have, I, yeah, I should have thought about this. But honestly, the team right across the street, and you made fun of me for a lot of years, and you even started a moniker like Little Grasshopper. Settle down, Little Grasshopper. Because isn't and wasn't the team across the street for a decade like the same deal? And how frustrated fans would get? And Pete didn't mind rope-a-dope? And let's just get the game to the fourth? And statistically, I think in their 10 years, Mike, it was some absurd number of like 85 90% of their games were one-score games. It's just how they're going to play it in the way that this team is equipped, this Mariners team and the way they're built, the way they pitch. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be close games. They're going to come down to the final nine outs. They're going to come down to the final 10 games, as Scott said yesterday. And oh, my gosh, is the stress level going to be high? Yeah. So you better gird your loins now. Seriously. You got an off day. You got an off day on August 31st. The hay is in the barn. It was the best month in the history of this franchise. I'm just worried about the people, poor people that work the ER at Harborview. Like, I, I don't I don't need people losing their, their nope. marbles in the third innings of games against the A's that they're eventually going to come back and win. Uh-huh. So anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at. I did, I did see... <laughs> I did see a funny, I don't know if you saw this on social media or more, Justin, yesterday, but this husband wrote his wife, young couple, a uh, two weeks notice. <laughs> this was like five days ago, but it kind of <laughs> hit the viral waves yesterday. He's like, I'm going to give you my two week notice that comes Saturday from Saturday at 10 a.m. till Sunday night at midnight. <laughs> I will not be present. No. Uh, emotionally, I will not be equipped. <laughs> I will not be able to handle our newborn son. 
uh, football begins. You know, and I, I think right now, like, hey, you got a day off today, and this is your thirty-day notice that the month of September is going to be nuts. It is, yeah, it and and you're going to be crazy. And guess what? You're probably not going to win twenty-one games again. I know, right? I mean, like, it's probably unlikely that they also win twenty-one games in in September the way they just did in August, which was incredible. The greatest you may go month fifteen this team and fourteen. You may go fifteen and fourteen. But if those 15, if five of them are against the Rangers, you're <laughs> going to be or, just fine. Or all three of them are against Houston or, you know, however it's going to shake itself out. Yeah, it is going to come down in the final 10. It's going to be fun, summer. man. I'm really looking forward to it. It was uh, it was a heck of a month of August. Calendar's going to flip tonight. We'll <laughs> get this team going in September, play not just meaningful baseball, but right there in the midst of a three way pennant race with two teams that uh, right now are moving in different directions. The Astros are clicking on all cylinders all of a sudden. Yep. And boy, do yep. the Rangers find a lot of ways to lose. Were you watching that yesterday? Uh, yes. Yeah. What a bizarre. I mean, this team, they are, they are, they got some issues in their bullpen. Their fans too. Right? Can you <laughs> yes. imagine like you got your hopes up as a Rangers fan and uh, I'm sure the entire world was telling you that this team was great and was just going to keep on winning like that forever and ever and ever. And uh, as it turns out, they uh, they didn't do that. They've come crashing back to mm, earth because, mm. you know, they're not that good. All right. Coming up next, we'll give you everything you need to know, including a couple of Seahawks moves, one of which sounds very, very Seahawky, at least according to an expert. That's next. I'm Brock and Salk. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, you should know you're not going to sweep every series as much fun as that would be, even against the lowly A's. But the race is tight. You got, what, 30, 29 games left to play. You definitely want to win as many of those series as possible. And when you get down 3 nothing early, well, it's going to take a little bit of heroism. It's 1 0. Swung on club, left field, hammered, it's on its way into the A's bullpen. Brand new ball game. Tails slugs another. A three-run home run, and we are tied. Man, those strikeouts are a whole lot more palatable when he's hitting home runs, aren't they? Uh, they did the little things, of course. They found a way to uh, work themselves through. And uh, when J.P. Crawford had his opportunity to win this game in the seventh, he came through. Base is loaded. The pitch to J.P. Swung on. Line drive. Left field base hit. Scoring from third base is Canzone. Big wave Caballero. The throw home. He slides. He is safe. The Mariners have taken the lead. J.P. Crawford coming through huge for the M's. He's been massive all season long, and he's given the Mariners the lead. Yeah, that was a pretty nice moment. And, uh, yeah, Brash Munoz got it done late. But actually, both looked really, really good, which was a good sign. And uh, credit to Bryce Miller. I like these games when their guys aren't at their best, right? He wasn't great yesterday, but he still goes six innings, only gives up the three runs, and gave them an opportunity to win the game. Yeah, just a ho-hum, another quality start from a Mariner starter in a rookie that's now doing it into the late months as the calendar turns to September. Sulky? Did you see the numbers the Mariners sent out on JP yesterday? Did you see the post-game notes? JP Crawford with the bases loaded this season. You used to love to say, dude, dude. And you'd have like eight different tones in the way you would say it. Dude, dude, dude. 636, 7 for 11 with the bases loaded this season. As John Smoltzy would say, don't tell me there's no such thing as clutch. (laughs) Those who tell me there's no such thing as clutch are telling me they have never been in that moment before. When JP's there, that dude 
Dude delivers. Yeah, he's been pretty phenomenal. By the way, speaking of clutch, what's going on with those Texas Rangers? Astros blow out the Red Sox again. Blue Jays win big over Washington. And then I'm watching the Rangers and Mets. Both those teams are have a problem in their bullpen. But anyway, uh, the Rangers were down, then came back. They had a two-run lead, gave that up on a two-run home run. Then they get into the 10th, and in the bottom of the 10th, they had a walk, an intentional walk, a regular walk to load the bases, and then a hit-by-pitch to lose the game. They fall a game back. Red Sox now seven and a half back. They're pretty much out of this. Mariners will travel to New York to take on the Mets, and then uh, they will go to both Cincinnati and Tampa to finish up the trip. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, what's going on with Julio? He did not play once again yesterday, did not appear as available to pinch hit either, so that's not great news as he uh, apparently hurt himself before the game on Tuesday. Scott Service saying that he was in the weight room, didn't feel great. Brock, I know that's not something that uh, you like to hear. No. No, I had a teammate in the weight room drop a a 45-pound weight on his foot. This is not Julio, but this happened. And he happened to be an all-conference linebacker. And, of course, you can't disclose what happened, that he's out with a foot injury. But the 45-pound plate broke a bone in his foot, and that really kind of sunk the season and uh, sunk a lot of aspirations. That's not the case with Julio. But, yeah, that dude works out. I mean, we watched him. I I could not believe on the day of a game down in spring training, watching him pull sleds and yank sleds and just, I mean, he is a dynamic, dynamic guy. Um, But I will say, is uh, Run DMC hole get up? Pretty good. Uh, His idea? Yeah. Yeah, pretty stinking cool. His idea, I mean, I'm assuming that his friends at Adidas had something to do with it. Maybe. Maybe Rev Run, Run Run Rev. What what is it? Rev Run. Yeah, Rev oh Run. You know, we're moving on before you embarrass Next. yourself. You and Scott, you can have a little competition on this one. Uh, meanwhile, George Kirby, uh, we found out a little more in our conversation with Scott yesterday. Sounds like the news is pretty good. I uh, hope it's a one off, but uh, we'll see how George is today. Uh, he was up sick the entire night before. Really didn't sleep at all. Did not feel good yesterday. So when we sat down with him uh, about three thirty, four o'clock, just thought it was best to, to push him back a few days. He'll be in today. Hopefully get out, do a little throwing, move his body around a little bit. And uh, we will probably, if everything's good, slide him into the rotation here when we go to New York. This may end up working out pretty well. Might just be an extra day of rest for uh, Castillo and maybe uh, for Brian Wu, which would be good news for the Mariners. September call-ups will be tomorrow. Sounds like it's going to be Sam Haggerty and Adam Aller, who will be the two guys called up. Both of them were uh, on the trip with them yesterday. Aller's a starter. He's kind of been around. with the A's for a while. Haggerty, I think everybody understands. And then today, uh, waiver claims will be awarded later today. So we'll find out whether the Mariners have put in claims and receive any of them on either the relief pitchers or somebody like Gritchick or Harrison Bader. Going to be kind of an interesting one. Today's also the day, Brock. I know it's a busy baseball day where uh, if you want a player on your team in the playoffs, they've got to be in your organization today. Your 40 man? No, no, just in your organization. They don't need to be in the 40 man. They got to be in your organization today. And yesterday, the Mariners did sign Luis Torrens, old friend, and assigned him to AAA. Here's the third thing you need to know. Oh, man, and then the Seahawks had their own waiver day, Brock, as they picked up two guys on their uh, 53-man roster. That's cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly, who was waived by Baltimore, and linebacker Drake Thomas, who was waived by Vegas. Know anything about these guys? A little bit. Uh, I know that Caillou, his dad, Brian, was a Trojan in my era, played against, played in the NFL for a long time, big-time recruit out of Bishop Gorman. Doesn't run and change direction great, so even being a fifth-round pick, 
cut by Baltimore is a fifth-round pick. You don't see that a ton in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, he's the guy that Jim Nagy said is kind of hockey. He's long, 32-inch arms, familiarity out on the West Coast, played down there at Stanford. And then the other kid is basically Ben Burkirvin without injuries. Tackling machine, over 100 tackles, back-to-back years at NC State. Undersized, short arms, probably a special teamer, but a high, high motor guy. All right, we also have injury updates from Pete, Devin Bush, Cam Young. That's the good news. Both are back to practice. The bad news, no Derek Hall, no Daryl Taylor, no Mike Morris. All three have shoulder injuries. Apparently, that's the injury of the year. Bro, and, and no Devin Still no Devin Witherspoon yeah. with that hamstring. Bro, it's been 24 days. Like, I I saw that yesterday, and that's everything you need to know. Pete's quote yesterday was, he's still in rehab. <sighs> Dude. That's the first time. Yeah, dude. Isn't it amazing? You can use dude in a lot of different. Dude. 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 I thought we were going to get the one from Dude, Where's My Car? What's mine say? Dude. Dude. What's mine say? Sweet. (laughs) Hey, uh, how did we go 23 minutes without playing Scott in his Run DMC outfit? Well, we played it earlier. Oh, Uh, you did? Yeah, we already played that. Yeah. We know. I think that our next guest would probably (laughs) like to hear it. What do you think? Uh, I'm uh, going to have a little early edition of the uh, G. Scott experience coming up next. Do you think he would like to hear that sound? I will think we would like to hear his reaction to it. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Yeah. Edition and giving the people what they want today on a Thursday. Seven thirty. This is seven o'clock hour. Crowd. Can they handle this? I don't know. I don't. There's a, some of y'all ain't had your coffee yet, and I don't know if you can really handle me this early. If you're like, hey, this is too much, I apologize. All right, brother Brock. What's yeah. up, baby? Yeah, are you on the college football trail too? Is that are you out tomorrow? Yeah, I'm out, baby. I'm getting ready to head to Bloomington, Indiana, Ooh. where the Ohio State will take on those Indiana Hoosiers on CBS. What's our uh, snap count expectation for Baby G this weekend? Ooh-wee. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty high. I was on. I was on the way this morning. And he That's was awesome. telling me about all the stuff. They and, got some stuff built in for oh, him. It's gonna be wow. a great. He got day. a touchdown yet, G? Is he caught one yet? Got yes. in the pay dirt. One. Yes, two. Yes. Caught one uh, last caught year. Caught one right? against Michigan State. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, man, he's you know. But again, I talked to him this morning, and so I was like, oh man, you know, about the game. He's like, he said, Dad, today is best Thursday. Oh, nice. Only thing I can handle is today. Sounds great. I can't get to Saturday uh-huh. without getting through today. <laughs> and you know, and you know, you know, we parents, that sounds good, but I want to talk about the game. <laughs> and he's like, I no, nope. I have best Thursday. Wow. I'm on my way to go get breakfast. I got a lift. I got meetings. It's impressive. I got walkthroughs. Wow, what a mature kid. There's, yeah, he's different. Is your dead. kid now more mature than you? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I mean, uh, Brock, you like this. Um, he leads Bible study every Thursday oh, that's, that's on the team. Nice. He's the guy that leads the Bible study. Oh, you do study. that here in the oh. building, don't you? I like I that. Mean, I, ain't pre- I, ain't come, I ain't preaching from the Bible. I'm preaching, what? I'm pre- no, I'm you preaching. I'm, hold on. Me? I'm preaching from the, look, this will mess you up. I've been married this many times. Don't do this. Mm. Don't do that. Yeah. Trust what I tell you. 
You know what? Well, what a perfect Segui to rev run. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yesterday, uh, I don't know. That you, did you see? Have you seen the video of this yet? So Julio. No, hold on. Have you seen the video, G? Mm-hmm. He has. Yes. Okay. He just not. Right. Sorry. Julio, right. He has seen the video. So if you haven't, I'll try to describe it to you. Julio, who has a deal with Adidas, right? He's an Adidas athlete. Had everybody on the team dressed up in full-on Adidas tracksuits from the 80s with the shoes, the whole deal. Bucket hat. It was a full-on tribute to Run DMC, and there's video of them after they win the game yesterday. They set the record for wins in a month, making them, for at least one month, the greatest Mariner team in history. Anyway, Mm. uh, it was nice to see them do that, Brock, and uh, afterwards... They're all dressed up. Scott leading the team meeting. He looks um, ridiculous. Oh, in, he looks in, good. No, he does not. But that's oh, okay. Oh, I thought he looked good. No, you didn't. You know that's not true. You're obviously lying. There's nobody who thinks that. And uh, Scott uh, had a little present for the group. Unbelievable month. You guys have been awesome. Okay, we got a big month ahead of us. Keep having fun. Julio brought this idea to me uh, about a week or two ago. I was like, yeah, let's go for it. Okay, and uh, it's about having a good time, keeping it loose. No problem with you guys, but uh, you dropped the Run DMC. You guys don't know anything about Run DMC. It's, you know, late 80s, early 90s, you know, so uh, I made a few calls, and I found Rev Run. So what have we got? Julio Rodriguez rocking the Run DMC. Got the whole crew rocking it, bringing the energy to New York City. This is Rev Run. Keep repping, keep rocking, keep rolling. Y'all are on fire. Peace. What do we think? On a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah. 20. (laughs) Hey, Brock, this is incredible. This is no different than sometimes when I come in to the Brock and Salk show, and sometimes, you know, you guys can hear it. Brock has a little soul to him, a little Mm -hmm. extra. You've probably seen Brock in the past twerk before. Those are things that are funny, and it's fun, and you appreciate it, that, that deal. When it comes to Scott's service and the Mariners, first of all, Scott's service knows. Like, he knows, like, hey, you know, I know that there's going to be some people that are laughing at me. There's going to be some people that's going to make fun of me, Brock. But you you know what? I'm doing this for the team. I think it is incredible. They decided to do this on a road trip. There's going to be somebody that's going to say, the cultural appropriation. (laughs) I can't believe they did it. I haven't heard that. Go eat you some damn cereal. (laughs) Quit being mad. So you're not mad? No, Good. man. Right, well, I was just awesome. checking. Yeah, I never know when you're going to be mad. I, mean, I don't know if they go to 100 on a cultural appropriation, but they go to at least 50, and they're like, focus. Where's the focus? How dare they do that? That's Biggest you. road trip of the season. And they're big goofballs. And they're wearing Run DMC. Wait, I didn't hear that. You focus. Guys are making, you guys are making straw men. I didn't hear any of that anywhere. Wait, Everybody wait, like wait. this. What's wrong with these guys? <laughs> Focus on the match! Come on. Don't they know what's at stake? Biggest month in franchise history, and they're goofing off! Wearing these run CMDs, what are they doing? Run CMDs? I thought you were going to say the WMDs. Uh, okay, can I? Okay, so since we're since we're talking about this, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Focus. Stop it. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> People are driving right, off the road because, 
Because there is somebody, Sweaty. there is somebody that's really <laughs> mad about the whole Run DMC. There is. Like, I, I, I'm quite. There's absolutely. I mean, there's somebody who's mad. mad about everything, right? Yes. Okay. Somebody's gonna be mad about this. No. Somebody's gonna talk, take about the cultural appropriation, mm. or they're gonna take about the like focus, you know, that kind of deal. But <laughs> I want to just share with you guys what I thought when I saw the video and, and what it did for me. First of all, Run DMC is the reason why my palette for other music is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Run DMC, when Aerosmith yeah. walked this way, and for all those old school cats like myself, you guys remember back in the day, we didn't have it like these new whippersnappers. We had to wait our turn on mute yep. Friday night videos, and we had to sit there. So I had to sit there and listen to Chicago, <laughs> Duran, poli- you know, the police, Chicago, Cindy Lauper. Oh, yeah. I- and as I'm waiting for all of these songs, you know, you, you, oh, man, all day. And then I get to Michael Jackson. But when Run DMC did Walk This Way... And Aerosmith. The video where he's hitting the, when they uh, taking the microphone to the walls. I've been an Aerosmith, and it, that is the reason why I am able to listen to other music. It's so funny because generally the story of that song is the opposite, right? I mean, that song and that collaboration yeah. is what's generally credited with bringing rap music to a much wider audience, yep. right? And yep. then kind of get the Beastie Boys in and around there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And those two... Things are sort of you know, generally credited with bringing rap to white America and kind of everything goes from there. Yeah. But uh, I didn't, hadn't really considered the other side of that of like, hey, man, I'm just waiting to see Run DMC. Hey, who are these guys with the long hair knocking down the doors and all that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty great yeah. Duran Duran. Man, I, hey, that's the reason why I love the music. But again, Brock, are you uh, – are you channeling Chris Farley when you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I started sweating, so I'm going to stop. No, text message. Hurt my voice, text so. message 253 says, I'm just imagining an angry Ken doll yelling into the microphone. So. <laughs> yes. And now sweating, apparently. You just wait. They're going to lose. <laughs> They're going to lose the series in New York. Their heads aren't in it. They're not focused. Wearing those stupid outfits. Yes. <laughs> okay, let me switch gears. Can We, uh, we got you for a few I, more minutes. I, I know, but I, I just... I, I'm telling you right now, Brock, this yeah. angry fan deal that you're doing, yes. this is going to be a thing for the rest of your career. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. My voice can hold that. voice if that's yeah. the case. Oh, oh, you better chill. You yeah. got you to you got Texas. Yes. We still have a whole whole other yes. uh, few hours of okay. the show to do. I mean, okay. You know, can I can flip? Only... Can I switch gears? Can I switch switch gears to a little football Text real mass. quick with you? Text yeah. message. I yeah. know who's mad about that Run DMC thing. Mix a lot. He's the only one. Where oh. he's, where's he oh, at? Oh, you think he's jealous? Seattle guy? But they're going to New York. Isn't that like sort of the whole bit that they're on their way to New York? I don't know. The best text we've received on this, I'll say that Scott looks like Jason Sudeikis in the What's Up With That sketch. Have you seen that? No. You don't know the What's Up With That sketch? No, he comes I, in, he starts dancing with his bucket hat and his red track suit and all that. I love Jason, by the way. You know this. Yeah, yeah. He's doing the run of man, dancing to this. What's up with that? What's up with that? All right, that's All right. enough. All right. All right. Brock wants to move on. Brock wants Can to I, actually talk about I want to switch important. some gears to football. All right. Because as much as we love this Jackson story, and he's out there with the cast, I don't know if you saw little videos of him running around on the field, kind of looking like Tyler Lockett at the end of the year with that cast in the playoff game, um, and just, to, just out there doing it. 
On the flip side of that, G, and it kind of hit me for the first time yesterday. And it's, I think, because there's not a preseason game, there's not transactions, or, you know, the kind of roster's a little bit set. And there's no Devin Witherspoon. And it's been 24 days. August 7th, he went down. It's, it's August 31st, September 1st. He's still out there, G, just in shorts and his jersey, no helmet, no work, no practice. 24 days that you have missed here in the month of August with the regular season beginning next week. Should we start, start to diminish our expectations of what the number five pick is going to give us? Uh, I don't it's like tough. It, no, it, no, I know. No, it's no, kind no, of a bummer no, after no, all that no. fun run well, DMC well, stuff. Well, here's why it's tough, and, and, and I'm going to get to the answer, and I'll tell you why there's a pause. Let's talk about the, the month of August and what the month of August means to the body of a football player. Brock, yep. you know better than me. The yep. month of August is built to – it is there to callous the body, right? You guys have – you have callous on your hands right now. Maybe you've been, you work with your hands. Well, in the month of August, is a, there's a callous that is formed on the body. And that month of August is needed to get you through an entire season. It is a long season. Devin Witherspoon – is coming from college. He's never had a season where it extends through to the beginning of January. This will be the first time. Um, also, there is some players in there right now that are really good. Do I think that right now, if he were to be healthy, he'd be in front of those guys? The answer would be no. I just don't think so. I think that those guys have had the month of August. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys have had another a year of experience. They are fully ready to go. However, I do think the best place for Devin Witherspoon to be is the Seattle Seahawks because of the way and how they do things around there, right? I'm quite sure that they have a lot of good good talking around him. They got good trainers. He's going to get the best uh, help that he needs to be to get out there on the field. They're not going to rush him back. He doesn't need to be rushed back. This is not – you guys aren't leading off your show every single day saying, oh, man, nope. we're going to need the number five. What are we going to do? No, you guys are leading off the show saying – or K.J. Wright is coming with you guys, and he said to you guys the other day, he said, the Seahawks got a problem. They got too much talent mm-hmm. in the secondary. So mm-hmm. I think Devin Witherspoon is going to be fine. Yeah, two things come to my mind. Number yeah. one, a little bit of history. And uh, while I won't you know, be like KJ and throw to Mora yesterday and say, hey, Mora, Mora, how, what, what's the all-time record for single seasons for yards? I'm, I'm not going to do that to Mora. But Mora, how many of these? Fo- Metcalf, 1,303 in 2020. Way to I go. remember now. Way to go, Mora. How many, <laughs> how many of these first-round rookies have been hurt for Seattle over the last few years? I mean, besides all of them? Right. Jeez. And how about the impact it had on their rookie years? Jeez. I mean, kind of go go through the, the rookies of late. Sean Penny in his wrist. Uh, LJ else? Collier LJ. in his ankle. Jermaine Effetti in yep. his ankle. I mean, yeah, we, but, but in life, but Brock, we can't think like that. I can't think like that. I've been married 100 million times. <laughs> And let me tell you something. Gee, you've said this a lot. Can I get an actual number? Nah, man, it's embarrassing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, and finally, when I got married, this next time, I can't think about the past. And all of you right now, just listen to right now, you can't think about your past. All you can do is go forward. You got to get rid. Focus on today. You got to get rid Focus of the, the rearview mirror, right? And you got to just go <laughs> forward. And so with Witherspoon, man, let's just let's just hope and pray that he does not have what happened to the last first round draft picks in the past. You know that Salk's officiated weddings. It's true. Just I one. Just one. You, you want them to do your next? I officiated one wedding. Are they still married? They are. 
Yes, nice. they are nice. still married. Yeah, they did. I officiated a wedding in Maryland where uh, they wanted me to flip a coin at the beginning, like at the beginning of a football game, to see who did their vows first. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had oh. to flip the coin, and it's like, a head, this will be a head, this will be a tails. I think did I Grandma this- call it? Did Grandma get to come up there <laughs> well, and call I think I've told the story before. Before, they didn't, give, they didn't provide a coin. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, all right, well, that seems weird. I'm not going to, like, flip a quarter. That seems kind of lame. So I wanted to go out and get, like, a nice big silver dollar, like an old Susan B. Anthony silver dollar. And get a coin. Right. So I was in Maryland, and I didn't know where to go. Went to the bank. They're like, we don't have anything like that. They're like, you should go to the thrift store or the uh, a pawn shop. Pawn shop. So I end up going to the pawn shop in some weird spot in Maryland, and I'm like... All right, hey, I'm looking for like a Susan B. Anthony dollar. The guy's like, oh yeah, we have some of those over here. Like, which one do you want? Like, I guess I want that one. Like, Great, that'll be one dollar. <laughs> and so I gave him a dollar bill, and he gave me the dollar coin. And to this day, I don't know if he was making change or if I bought a dollar coin from the guy. But there was no tax, so I think he was just making change for the dollar bill I gave him. Right. Otherwise, wouldn't I have had to give him like a buck oh five? Yeah, right. you yeah. Think? yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm a wedding efficient. I true. got cheated. I got to get out of here because yeah. you guys. Yeah, I thought I thought I was going to get the whole thirty minutes, but I didn't. Mm. Um, before we go, I think I want to change my song. <laughs> Ooh wee! <laughs> What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> See you, buddy. There's See G. Scott, and of course, he's on every morning, nine to noon, on our sister station, ninety-seven three Cairo News Radio. Here it is. What's up with that? Somebody tell me what is up Go listen to G and her sister station starting at 9 o'clock every day. And right now you can listen to Brock answer three good football questions. This is Brock and Sox Blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Sox. All right, yes, Brock, three good football questions. Let's start here. Question number one, waiver claim day in the NFL yesterday as everybody went through and tried to uh, grab any players that were available. Anything stand out to you? Yeah, there weren't many claimed. 2.4%, 24 players. Let me uh, pull out my Ebenezer's here real quick for you. Uh, 851 players cut. The other three entered were cut before that. 851 players cut. There were 24 claim. That is 2.8%. Not even one per team. And that feels very low to me. And now part of that's expanded practice squads, I think. The the Seahawks, there wasn't one of their players that they cut that anybody else claims. It's not always the greatest of signs. It was kind of neat. And 12 and 13 and 14, basically everybody you cut, everybody else wanted and picked up right away around the league. That just that just isn't happening. And as far as those 24 players cut, Salk, how many of them were D-tackles? Or excuse me, claimed. 24 of them were cut out there, claimed by other teams. How many of them were interior defensive linemen? None. Zero. <laughs> One defensive end, some linebackers, some corners, some running backs, receiver, like yeah, man, just big bodies. They don't grow on defensive line trees. You can't go pluck them. You can't go find them. And even on the waiver wire, in this case, with the 851 of them, 24 were claimed, not one interior defensive lineman. If you have them 
and they're worth their salt at all, you keep them, and you don't put them out there for somebody else to pick up. All right, question number two. Spent a little time yesterday talking about uh, a Seahawk that, honestly, we probably haven't spoken about enough. If you're kind of going down the underrated or, you know, just not talked about enough list, we've not spent nearly enough time, Brock, talking about Ken Walker. That's my question. How come? Because he was out for a huge chunk of training camp. I think that's part of it. You didn't see him in preseason games. That's another part of it because... Zach Charbonnet was there, and Jackson Smith and Jigba is there, and these receivers, as KJ continued to rave about, is the best position group on this team. Yeah, we didn't talk a lot about Geno. We didn't talk a lot about K-9. I mean, did we mention the name Tyler Lockett once? The entire? No, I don't, I don't think so. Hardly. Uh, so I think a lot of that speaks to the expectation level, like the dude's going to be good. No, is the dude going to be elite? Dude's going to be really, really good. I think he's going to be a 1,000-yard rusher if he could do it in his rookie year and the continuity and the depth of playbook and everything they're going to get to and Geno navigating the line of scrimmage and checking and, and getting the favorable looks and getting out of looks and all that stuff. Is the dude going to be elite? Is he going to be a 1,500-yard rusher in this league? That is the next question for him. And if he does, well, uh, it sounds like, according to KJ Wright, he's the type of player that uh, can really help them. Listen, I was talking to someone in the Seahawks personnel department. I'm not going to say any names, but he was explaining to me the way that football is going and how defenders do not want to tackle running backs that run like Kenneth Walker. He said, when you got a guy that will lower his shoulder, run you over, down after down after down, he was like, this is an advantage that we have on our football team. And you know when you are a position that can be a little dependent? And I was thinking about this. Dependency, not good. Codependency, not good. Drug dependency, not good. Dependency, usually not good. And when you're a skill guy or you're a linebacker, you are dependent at times on other people doing their job. So if you're John Schneider, if you're Pete Carroll, and, and you're building this offense... How do we make sure that those guys outside get their one-on-ones? How do we make sure that they're not too dependent on an O-line that's getting ravaged by a pass rush? Pound the freaking football and have a guy that other people don't want to tackle. You just heard G say, and he's absolutely right, Paul Moyer, Dave Lyman, the old heads are all nodding along. August, callous yourself. Get ready. So you can hit guys over the course of the year. Guess what doesn't happen in the NFL? You don't get calloused. As Derek Hall said, my camp at Auburn? way tougher than this i mean we don't hit that much we don't get calloused the nfl forbids two a days forbids contact forbids padded practices back to back so the advantage is when you have a sledgehammer like uh, k9 that can also run and take it to the house he could be poised for a big big year all right question number three what are you gonna be looking for brock in week one with the seahawks scheme wise exactly what kj wright is going to be looking for you continue, rightfully so, to ask about this D-line. Cam Young was back out of practice. Coach Carroll said in the presser afterwards, yeah, kind of nice to have him added to that group. But is this going to be a bare front? Is this going to be an odd front? Is this going to be a front where you've got personnel that don't fit the scheme? I tend to really agree with K.J. Wright and what he had to say to us yesterday. Let's watch what they do game one. Okay. Put I put my money on. This is going to be a multiple type of defense. We're going to see so many dudes rotate in. We're going to see some different fronts. It's not necessarily a 3-4 nose, two threes. Yep. Go out there and play some football. Let's see. Okay. Coach Carroll and Clint Hurt. I and love that. What they do game one. 
Yeah, right out the gate in a Rams team that is going to and Sean McVay, as we talked about yesterday, and we'll do a lot more next Wednesday with KJ as we prep for that game. Sean McVay, the test you, man. He tests your, your horsepower. He tests your schemes. He tests your personnel because he tends to put his guys in the best position for success and minimize their weaknesses. That's going to be a big key with your group up front, with your front seven. How do you minimize what they can't do well and really hyper-focus on what they do well. All eyes will be on that week one. All right, there you go. That is today's version of Blue 88. We do that every morning at 745. I don't know if you saw this, Brock, uh, just coming out this morning and just a few minutes ago, but some sad news uh, from the NFL community. Gil Brandt has passed away, uh, former Cowboys general manager who's been in the media for a long time as well. Uh, Gil Brandt passing away this morning. We were just talking about him last week. I think Kyle Brown and Mora actually in the in the backup or in the in the office there. Like, I mean, Gil was the guy that JC talked to a lot, mm-hmm. right, Mora? I mean, John Clayton and, and Gil went way way back and had a, a lot of a lot of history. And he kind of like John and, and Gil even older. I want to say in his eighties, and he was still doing it. Like he just it was his lifeblood, you know, being a reporter and being around the game and and being into the game. And golly, I mean, you're talking decades and decades and decades and decades. Uh, of history from Gil Brandt. So RIP. Do you, what, what is his kind of claim to fame? I know he was in Dallas for a long time. He built time. those Cowboys teams. Right. Yeah. I think he was in that front office. I think it was Tom Landry. I think it was him. You is, know, he, kinda... is he an innovator? In, I mean, I know it's, it says that in uh, the statement from Jerry Jones. I wasn't sure if there was something he sort of credited with that he did new or something like that. I'm going to guess uh, this is just speculating, but it was on the scouting end. Mm, yeah. That that's just, here's what, let me just read all this. the scouting. He was an innovator. And this is from Jerry Jones. He was an innovator and set the standard for excellence in player acquisition from the creation of the NFL combine to revolutionizing the NFL draft. Gil finished his over six decade NFL career with an eye toward the future of the league and teaching fans about the sport. He loved as a radio broadcaster. He was as good a storyteller as it gets with a memory as sharp as attack. His dedication to and passion for this game left a lasting impact on generations of hall of fame players and coaches kind of goes on from there, but yeah, that's uh, there you go. He created the NFL combine. I knew there was something like that that he had done. So he, uh, you know, sad news, Gilbrandt passing away this morning. All right. Uh, coming up, Brock, we have a couple things I wanted to come back to. Um, I played you some of that sound from Scott Service earlier, but he, he said a few things yesterday that I think are very telling as to how this team has gotten to where it is and where it's going to go next. We'll play that for you next. It's Brock and Salt, Sales Sports on 710, salesports.com.